Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. That's right, baby. After missing us for, now it's almost been two weeks, a little over two weeks, We are back, and it is our Diamond episode, number 75 officially, because you can't count the trailer. Plenty of things have happened, although, as we know, this is kind of the eh season of sports. I mean, if you're into the Stanley Cup, actually, that's kind of been pretty fun to watch. Uh, Once in a while, there's some good games. I think Hurricanes Rangers went seven games. Maybe Avs Blues went seven games. We're in the the conference finals now. The NBA finals start tonight. Um, ironically, so I had a great thing sent to me by my buddy Chris about how KD and Kyrie left their teams to form a super team, and now the teams that they were on, the Celtics and the Warriors, are back in the finals. So, yeah, take that, super teams, and shove it. Um, man, since we last talked, we'll talk a lot about golf and the PGA. That was pretty sweet. Indy 500, we talked about that a couple weeks ago just in the sprint. Um, growing up down in that area, I'm always a little bit partial to the Indy, although I missed all the fanfare this year, but I saw the end of the race. That was fun. You got guys staying in the draft, guys coming back like Drew Timmy for his fourth mm-hmm. year, and Gonzaga got a great transfer today. Um, so things are moving and shaking there. So as much as possible, we're going to we're gonna get talking. we got four downs this week, and we got plenty to catch up on. So glad to be back in the driver's seat, and I'm going to turn the lectern over to my boy Ryan. Ryan, the podium is yours. Yeah, um, I will stick with the first thing you talked about. It's the NBA, NBA Finals. Um, you don't usually talk about it, but I will. Um, Warriors, um, you know, this is their, what, fifth or sixth finals appearance here um, in the last, what, seven or eight years. Um, Steph's going for number four, um, then, and just the Warriors going for number four overall since 2015. Um uh, to me, this will put them up there with the Bulls of the '90s as one of the greatest dynasties, and, and you know the Celtics and, and Lakers of you know the '70s and '80s as well. Um, but of you know as one of the best dynasties of all time when it, in in NBA history, um, just unreal. Um, the run they've had, Steph, Clay, Draymond, those three together have like the most playoff wins combined, I think, almost ever um, as a trio, which is pretty insane. Um, to think about, um, especially, you know, guys that were, you know, not very highly touted. I mean, they obviously were picked, but they're not like, oh, this is going to be the next Michael Jordan. You know, these guys have been solid for a long time, and, you know, they deserve this, and, you know, they have a good chance of being Boston, who's also a really good team. But, um, yeah, looking forward to, to this finals, actually. Um, I think that's what we both predicted, Warriors-Celtics. So, 
I think I had heat, actually. You did have heat? Okay. Yeah. It's a little green and white, yellow and blue going not quite Michigan State green right. and not quite Michigan colors, but uh, but the Spartan plays for the for the yellow and blue team. So got to go Warriors, uh, hopefully, on that one, but we'll get to that a little bit later. All right, so my podium, our longtime listeners know that I love to go quasi-political on this part of the ranting part of the podcast. And I had to pick this. Ryan sent this to our family text the other day when we were coming back from vacation. Published on Fox News May 28th. Headline, Detroit Tigers funneling money for trans surgeries for kids. Tigers fans will be given the option to donate or not. Probably because somebody found out about this. So, Fox News story about how this being Pride Month. Don't even get me started on that. You can do what you want to do, but why do we need to celebrate something that the masses don't agree with? Whatever. That puts me in a bad spot, so I'm not going to say anything more than that. But I am appalled and disgusted that they were going to and have been over the past years, and now it just kind of, they got outed appropriately. Um, the money that Tigers fans, this is out of the article, regularly give the to the organization through ticket sales may not have yielded a quality on-field product in years, but some of it now will benefit local LGBTQ groups which support irreversible trans surgeries for children. That's right. If you buy tickets to Pride Night, part of the proceeds go to gender gender changes and genital mutilation for people under 18. Now, you can't buy smokes until you're 18. You can't, well, now in some places you can buy marijuana too, but not till you're 18. You can't buy booze until you're 21. You can't even consent to sex before you're 18. But professional sports organizations can take unwitting fans' monies and do sex change operations for kids who are not even old enough to make that decision? I'm disgusted. I'm appalled. I was appalled that the Lions blew their pick on what I think is going to be a bust. I might go back to being a Lions fans and just double my hate onto the Tigers. Unbelievable. I'm disgusted. I'm appalled. Don't even try to explain to me how this is rational and real. It's not. This is not the place of pro sports. It's not the place of general society. If a parent wants to do that to their kids, they should go to jail, but that's their decision. This is not some organization's decision to to give fans money from ticket sales and take it out of their own pockets to fund something like this, which should be completely banned and illegal. Before I say anything else that could get me in trouble, I'm going to leave it at that. Let's just say I'm appalled and I'm disgusted. And even though the Tigers suck anyway this year, I'm really, really thinking I might be done with the Tigers. All right, right. With that out of the way, that gets me fired up for the rest of the podcast, which is great because it's kind of hard to get back into this seat after a couple weeks off. We're going to go to our tee-up. Um, and I'm going to kind of go a little bit along the same lines here with the tee-up. So this week, Ryan and I kind of were looking. There's not a whole lot going on. I mean, there's a few things we'll kind of dabble in, I think, individually in, in the rest of the podcast and the four downs. But And this has nothing to do with the last topic of my podium. But you can probably figure where this is going. Athletes and coaches using their podiums to speak on issues, which I don't have problems necessarily with that. But what I do have an issue with is when it's a political agenda and it's not a solving agenda. Meaning, let's just throw out the very sorrowful 
horrible thing that happened in Texas and then happened yesterday in Tulsa and happened a couple weeks ago in Buffalo, you know, these mass shootings that have been going on. And then these coaches and players, and I'm not going to name them, go and they blame it on guns. And I I get it. I understand your passion and I understand it. I have two kids that went to school. I have a daughter who's going to be a teacher. That stuff weighs on me. I understand it. But people, that's not the problem. And using your pulpit, your podium as a bully pulpit to try to bully politicians, it's not a political thing. You can strengthen gun laws all you want. They have been a lot over the last few years. These people are still going to get guns. The problem is mental health issues. And part of those mental health issues stem from things like making it okay and encouraging 12 and 13 year olds or grade schoolers in Florida or wherever else to get information that is just not appropriate for people their age. Let's help people with mental health issues. Let's put police in schools. Let's build community service programs between the police and schools. Let's train teachers to deal with this. Let's not just politicize what we want to politicize because, oh, by the way, what you're not hearing in the media and what you're not hearing from coaches is the guy who walked into a grad party recently, like in the last couple of days in Charleston, West Virginia, with an AR-15 and was going to take out people at a grad party. And an, and an armed, concealed carry rightful woman took him, I don't know if she killed him, but she took him out and she stopped the attack before it happened. So you're going to tell me guns are the problem? No, guns aren't the problem. And the bigger story here isn't even that. What we're teeing up is coaches who are too politicized to understand that there's a big picture to this. There are problems all the way around this, and it doesn't have to be political. So the tee up is generally for anybody in sports who uses their podium, their pulpit, to push politics instead of true solutions to problems. All right, that's two impassioned things right out of the way. Wow, I'm, I'm on a roll here. Mm-hmm. So those like Kyle, Riley, Chris, guys that like to hear me kind of get riled up on quasi-political and sports issues, there you go, two for one for not being around for a couple weeks with the podcast. All right, we're going four downs this week. Um, we've got uh, first down, and I think this week, Ryan and I were kind of talking about, again, you're kind of a little bit in dead season, got the U.S. Open coming up. You got the British Open coming up. You got Stanley Cup finals. You got all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're more college sports here. There's not a whole lot going on in college sports. Recruiting will probably kick up. So we decided first down would be hodgepodge. You know, I think we're just going to go back and forth with a couple things that are maybe on our mind in the world of sports, maybe weigh on each other's opinions or takes. Um, and we'll kind of go from there. So I know I've got two or three things, Ryan, in mind to kind of talk about. You probably do too. I've taken enough of the airtime at this point in time. Take her over. Uh, yeah, I guess we can start with uh, Michigan State football. Uh, this tomorrow kicks off official visit season. Um, for all of June, Michigan State has a bunch of guys coming in, guys that are committed, um, and guys that are close to maybe committing. There are a lot of four- and five-star recruits that would be program changers that are, that are visiting. Some of them Michigan State does have a chance with. Um, it's really, really good news. Um, so hopefully... Um, they'll enjoy their time on campus, and Michigan State can get some of those guys, and you know we can start competing, um, you know, with with Ohio State year in and year out, and and hopefully get to to a national championship college football playoff here um, in the near future. I think I read somewhere, sorry to cut you off, Ryan, uh, maybe on the Athletic this weekend on our way back from vacation that, um, by the way, avoid Delta right now and check your blue, your fine print with National Car Rental because both screwed us on our travels this 
past week, but that's another story. Um, I read somewhere that Michigan State had the highest, I, I don't know how they calculated, but it was something like the highest percentage of target four and five stars in college football coming to visit. Like highest yeah, out of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like of the guys they wanted to come for visit, Michigan State was like north of 40-some percent of the guys that they targeted to have come visit. And the next closest was, I think it was Georgia in the 30s. So that's pretty remarkable pretty for what Tuck's doing. yeah. So looking forward to that, seeing what happens with that. I hope you all have a great time in East Lansing. It's a great place to live if you're listening. Um, uh, and then basketball-wise, they said last week uh, Michigan State was going to have an assistant coach by Memorial Weekend. They do not have that. Um, you know, I mean, They might have hired someone, but they haven't announced anything, obviously. Um, so, yeah, honestly, Christy, he went pro. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. No other real roster movement with Michigan State. Nine scholarship players. Yeah, it's going to be nine times. Sticking with basketball, Big Ten, uh, Michigan loses Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate to the league. Um, That's not good. So all they got left is Big Whiny, basically. And and Bufkin, who was the most overrated, GR or not, most overrated McDonald's All-American based off of three games his senior year ever in the history of sports. He'll probably score by default because they don't have anything else. They had key transfers. They had these guys going pro. They're going to be be a mess. for them. Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis is coming back. They'll be a you know, good team there. Illinois got Matthew Mayer from Baylor. They're going to be very good as well. Big Ten is going to be pretty wide open, though, in, in all college basketball. I guess Timmy's coming back. We talked about that. Um, nothing else really big, though, I feel like, lately. Um, no coaching changes. Um, recruiting, obviously, this class is done. Guys are going to be getting on campus here soon. Um, yeah. So off of the basketball thing, let me, because one of the things that I had pointed out, Chris sent this my way. He's always good about sending us stuff. And this was before some of the draft final commitments. Um, this is 24-7 sports that ranked, we're not going to do the whole Big Ten, but the you know in order of like the power rankings for the Big Ten at this point going into summer. Um, now things have certainly changed since they did, did this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name you the top five. And you tell me if you agree, if you would shift things around, or if you would move any of these teams out and have other people come in. Yep. They had Indiana as number one. Um, I think Illinois with, is the best with Trace team. Jackson Davis. Uh, Illinois, they had number two. Those. Um, I would agree with that. I think Illinois, with what they have coming back and what they brought in, Terrence Shannon, Matthew Mayer. I mean, uh, yeah, Ty Rogers coming in. They're they're going to be they're going to be really really good. Really That's good. A good team. Uh, Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis, that's that's huge. Don't get me wrong. And I think Indiana started to show some signs last year, maybe turning the corner finally. They had Michigan three, and that was with a prediction that Diabate would be back. It didn't say anything about Houston. I just don't see it. I mean, they've lost, what, two or three guys to transfer, including their starting point guard. Yeah. Um, They lost Diabate. They lost Brooks, who was the heart and soul. They lost... Two guys that could be all Big Ten. Yeah, I mean they have players. some good freshmen coming in, but they're unproven. I just I don't see them as three. They had Michigan State as number four, and this was without Max Christie. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with Michigan State being number four. Four or five. I wouldn't necessarily move them to three. No, I would. I'd say Ohio is, State or Purdue. Yeah, you know the funny they have Purdue number five. They have Iowa six, who loses a lot. Chris Murray seven Maryland. Down. Eight Rutgers, nine Ohio State. No, Ohio State's going to be better. Than I'm them. telling you, I mean, you lose EJ and, and Ohio uh, State is is a 
is a better them. version of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always consistently in the top four. Ohio State's a better coached version of that with better athletes and and guys that can just play. Yeah, they they lose some guys for sure, uh, but Rutgers is ahead of them in this. They lose a lot. Maryland is ahead of them in this. Iowa's losing their best players. Maryland will be all right. You know, Purdue obviously lost a lot, but when you've got a 7-12 guy, Edie, you know, I mean, he's not 7-12, obviously, he's like 7-3, 7-4, but still, I mean, he's a he's a force in the post. Purdue always finds a way to play good defense, and they find a guy that can just shoot lights out. Um, I would probably keep Michigan State at 4. I'd probably put Ohio State at 5, and I would actually probably put Purdue at 3 until proven otherwise, and I would drop Michigan to at least number six, yeah, honestly. I, they lost way too much. I mean, even if they weren't great last year, it's kind of like Max Christie, even if he wasn't the best, the potential that was there, um, you know, they're, you're definitely missing out on that. So that's kind of, to your point, Chris, without rank, ranking the whole top 15, that's kind of where I would go with that. Um, another thing in my kind of hodgepodge on my mind, it was on last night. Watch a little bit of it, and actually, I saw the the putt that won it, the match. Like, isn't really? I know it was kind of created. I mean, it's been around. Something like it has been around for a really long time. It kind of got some legs during COVID because it was the first sport, you know, sporting event when it was what like Tiger and Phil did it. Yeah, Tiger and Phil and Manning and Brady, um, you know, or in Barkley was out there. Like that was funny. But to have just four quarterbacks out there playing golf, and now, now granted, a couple of them, the guys are like, Rodgers is a good stick. But, like, that's kind of like watching, minus the famousness, me and Ryan and, you know, Daub and his son playing a foursome at a really nice golf course. Like, who, I mean, I get it because they're NFL quarterbacks, but really, there were a lot of people there. I Hopefully, they just gave the money to charity and didn't whatever. Like, are we to a point where this is kind of like, okay, if you can't get a golfer, if you can't make it like true must-see TV, what's the point? That's how how desperate we are right now in sports is that we have this manufactured match where you can't even get golfers and we just have four NFL quarterbacks. I mean, I don't I don't know. I kind of I didn't really watch much of it. I, I think the idea of it when done right is funny because we bring in the normal guys like Barkley and stuff, which are funny, but I also kind of think it's run its course a little bit. That was what, like the fifth or sixth one? Yeah, I think. I mean, sixth. they've kind of been doing doing two a year since 2020. It's like, okay, guys, uh, let that ride off into the sunset. Yeah. We're we're kind of done with that. So, um, so I had that on my list. Uh, probably another big thing that I had, also courtesy of Chris, who's been hankering for a podcast to come back. So thanks for that support, Chris. Uh, he sent me this article again from 24/7 Sports. And this was also on The Athletic, which you all know is, is our favorite site. But um, headline, Ohio State football. Ryan Day says Buckeyes will need $13 million in NIL money to keep their roster intact. Huh. Factor in basketball, too, and you're talking $20 million. So how long until these boosters, who are shelling out, like, I think it was a six- or seven-figure deal last year for that quarterback that left high school early and then transferred? Like, I mean, what's the guarantee to a booster? Like, if I... People are usually rich or wealthy because they don't piss their money away. And all of a sudden, because it's okay and it's above board, we're going to throw away millions of dollars on people who may not even play at your school? Like, how long before they figure out, like, duh, that's not a good investment? I mean, maybe that's a way for them to launder their money. I don't know. Maybe it's a way to just be above board, like, in the SEC. 
Um, speaking of which, that's something that happened right before we went on vacation. The whole Jimbo Saban yeah, shitstorm. That was a weird, funny, angry couple of narcissists. I'm sorry, Jimbo. I think you're a POS and I love Saban. So whether you're right on some of his or not, I kind of, I agree with you, Jimbo, that maybe, you know, he was butthurt that they were second in the recruiting rankings. But I agree with Nick that you only got first because you used your oil money and whatever else to buy all those players. That's the problem with NIL. Let's just hope, as Chris kind of said back and forth with me in a text today, that it kind of takes care of itself when all these wealthy people realize that they're wasting their money. When gas in Michigan alone is like five oh nine a gallon now, um, and maybe you can put it towards better causes than the potential of a really good seventeen-year-old high school athlete. Like, if you want to fund that towards, you know, some sort of a insurance policy or whatever for them, rather than just line their pockets, fine. If they're really truly going to promote your business in a way that's going to give you return on investment. Fine. That's the whole premise of NIL, not just money to recruit, like their quarterback at Tennessee or whatever. And we know this stuff has been going on below the belt for years. Now it's up there and it's even uglier when it's legal, I would say. So that was another big thing um, that I had on my list, aside from then the Saban and Jimbo thing, which was hilarity. I heard, I saw today on The Athletic as I was kind of scouring for topics that, uh, the SEC kind of put a, a gag order on anybody commenting on that because, of course, a lot of coaches weighed in. Kiffin and I'm sure probably uh, Mississippi State, Dave Shugart weighed in on it. And, you know, that's an inside joke, by the way. That's not the coach's name, obviously. Um, but, yeah, definitely, um, you know, some interesting stuff going on in the way of NIL. Um you know, guys like Dan who listens to the podcast who once in a while, I know that it's the bane of his existence and it's jading him to college sports in general. And I can't necessarily say that I, that I disagree with that, but, um, you know, just looking kind of at the rest. I mean, when I'm just thumbing through the, the athletic right now, obviously some of it's more personalized for me based on teams that I like, but when your big things and headlines wise are like the USFL's best players, coaches, and teams as the playoffs near. Has anybody even watched a game? Nope. <laughs> like the Donald Trump USFL of the 80s got actual guys that went to the USFL instead of the NFL. This is like the minor leagues for the NFL. So like yawn, get rid of it. Um, yeah, crazy stuff going on, but not crazy enough to waste a whole lot more breath about it. You got anything else hodgepodge-wise, Ryan? Nope. All right, let's move to spot number two, which, as you know, over the last month or so and for the rest of the summer has become our weekly bracket. We've been mixing in certainly some pop culture. We've done candy. We've done cereal. We've done beer was the last one we we did. We've done sports movies. We have not done an actual true sports one, though, yet. So today we're going to break that mold in an honor of the NBA championship series starting, which... I don't know. The rest of the playoffs have gone pretty fast, but in, I'm sure they're going to do the game every four days rotation now, uh, which is ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. So this week we are going to do a bracket with the 16 best NBA players. Now, I didn't go out and look at like the top 50 list and take the true top 16. I took 16 guys that I wanted to talk about in this. So you can you can debate anybody that we left out just like any of the other categories. But this is how it's going to go. First in the currents bracket, we got number one seed LeBron against number four seed Giannis. 
LeBron's better. I mean, I don't like LeBron, but he's better. Yeah, I would agree with that. LeBron's better, more proven. Can't stand him, but that's true. Um, number two seed Steph versus number three seed Durant. KD. Steph. Yep, I got Kate. I've got um, Steph as well. And then number one LeBron versus two Steph. I mean, LeBron is in my mind top three greatest of all time player. I even like I said, I hate him, but I can't not put him in there in the final four at least. I think. Um, yeah. LeBron. See, I'm I'm gonna. It's that's very arguable. Um, and you make fine points, and he did it with you know Cavs and in the Heat. Uh, did he win one with the Lakers? I guess like the Kobe. Yeah, they year. did. They, they won, won the with the Lakers. Kobe. So he's done that. But to me, a guy that stays with his team and perseveres with his team through other personnel changes and just absolutely smashing shooting records um, and is just also fun to watch and keeps his mouth shut about stupid political things, Steph. Steph gets the upset and trip to the Final Four for me. All right, the winner, Steph or LeBron, will face the winner of the Legends bracket. Number one, probably the GOAT, MJ, against number four, Tim Duncan. Yeah, definitely Michael. Tim Duncan's underrated, though. Tim Duncan is underrated. He's good. He could have gone in one of the other categories we'll get to in a minute, but I got to go MJ as well. Number two, Kobe. Number three, Zeke, Isaiah Thomas. Kobe. Yeah, it's hard. Kobe just was like, Kobe was Kobe. He was just unbelievably good. Um, R.I.P. We saw a lot of Kobe copters though on vacation. Kept flying yeah. back and forth on the coast. Yeah. Um, number one, MJ for both of us against number two, Kobe. MJ. Yeah, you got to go MJ. Hard, hard to argue MJ. Even as a Pistons fan growing up, um, you just hard to argue that. All right, and then we're gonna go to the OGs bracket. Number one. Magic Johnson against number four, the mailman. Magic. Yep, I got Magic as well. Number two, Larry Legend, Larry Bird against number three, Dr. J. Larry. Yep, I got to go Larry two, Magic and Larry go together like peas and carrots. Number one, Magic versus number two, Bird. Magic. Magic. Agree. Sorry, Larry, you are great, but you did play for the Celtics as well, and I hate the 80 Celtics. Uh, and then the bigs bracket, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one seed against number four, the Admiral. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'll go Kareem. Yeah, Kareem was, I mean, for a long time, was a leading scorer. He had the sky hook. They had those stupid-looking goggles, but he was also really good in his bit part in the movie Airplane. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kareem, the number one seed. Facing the winner of number two seed Shaq and number three seed Hakeem the Shaq. Dream. Shaq, my man. Man, that's a hard. That was a hard one when I even put it on paper. I'm like, bam, both of those guys are good. I know Hakeem a little bit more because that was a little bit more my uh, era. Shaq kind of spans us both, but man, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tie break it on personality, and I love Shaq's personality, so I'm gonna agree with Shaq. So you got Kareem and Shaq. Shaq. And I am also going to agree with Shaq. All right, so Ryan, you've got LeBron against MJ. MJ, baby. And then you've got, and then I've got Steph against MJ. Got to go MJ. And then we got, we both have Magic versus Shaq. Um, it's tough. Uh, I'll go Magic. Yep, and I'm going to go Magic as well. MJ or Magic? The goat MJ. All right. Well, I'm going to differ here. 
maybe a little bit of a different era, maybe my bias of Michigan State, maybe my bias of watching him play in 1979 is still the greatest and most watched, maybe not the greatest um, college basketball game ever, but the most watched college basketball game and, and tournament game ever. Just the way that he transformed the game as a 6'9 point guard, a triple-double machine, probably not obviously quite the scorer or the defender that Magic was, or MJ was, but he also didn't need to be the scorer. But, I mean, a triple-double guy that could you know, take over. And we talked a couple podcasts ago about how his rookie season, he stepped in for an injured Kareem and played center and, you know, like put up a 40 spot or whatever. That's hard. And it's very arguable, obviously, but I'm sorry, MJ, you're goat number two. I'm going with Irvin Magic Johnson as goat number one. And had he actually gone to Michigan, it'd probably be a different story. All right. Spot number three, as it often is and probably 95% of the time is is Mount Rushmore this week Ryan came up with this topic I no, no, and you actually shout out to Kyle Grenis oh, uh, Kyle Grenis there friend. we go he I have up, he came up with this topic and we thought it was a good one I've so. not done a bit of research on this but um, I'm sure that I can come up with this stuff and it is the Mount Rushmore of the best combo college football college basketball programs right yeah or schools yep Com- best combos currently we're talking um, currently, not yeah, all time. Yeah, currently. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I have this list right here. I mean, Baylor, really good in football and basketball. As of, I mean, the, this last year, super good. I mean, you can argue them. Like we can just argue. I don't know. Bama, would you put them up there? They've been good in basketball the last couple of years. No. Michigan State, Baylor. You could argue yes because they've done. They've had some. They've made fairly you know, regular success in football recently, won a and they title. won a national championship in basketball. Bama for football, yes, but not for basketball. That's a you stretch. Think Michigan's up there. I mean, you would have. To yeah, in so. the last ten years, well, but that's hard. It's the same way, right? Their football team has been dog meat minus last year, which was probably an aberration. And by the way, he still lost Michigan State, but that's besides the fact. Um, their basketball team has been great in the last 10 years. So I don't know. And I even kind of was thinking about this from like an all-time perspective. I don't know that like a Michigan has has ever, maybe in the 80s, Michigan had a really good basketball team and they won the national championship in 89 and then had a really good football team consistent like back then, eight, nine wins when 10 wins, eight, nine, 10 wins when you only played 10 or 11 games. Um, football team, I don't know, right now, I, this is a hard boy. One. I don't know. I would say Ohio yeah, State probably. Is Ohio State. I think you could argue Ohio State. They haven't won a national title in basketball in a really long time. Then again, nobody in the Big good. Ten has. But they've been good. Um, they've been super competitive, higher end of the league, and of course, they've been really good in football. I think you could you could definitely we can agree on that one. Out of the ones we've talked about so far, that's the one I'll say for sure. I think if especially if we're looking more recently and kind of quasi over time, I think. You could argue Ohio State should be on on the the top four. So I'll go with Ohio State. I'm going to throw out there. This is an obvious one to me: is Michigan State. Yes. Um, now, again, probably more based on basketball. More recently, um, you know, I mean, D'Antonio had a great run when Michigan State was also going to Final Fours in the early 2000 teens um, to mid 2000 teens. Football, obviously has picked it back up last year after, you know, a couple of years in a row. Basketball is just steady Eddie. Michigan State's been a good, solid basketball program, though, really arguably, minus a few years since 1979. 
football team was a little paltry in the early 80s but and had its pockets. But I, I think you could probably argue over time. I mean, Michigan State longer ago won national titles in football. But if you want to put titles in both up there, um, I think you could make an argument for Michigan State. And in that case, maybe you could make an argument for Michigan, although their last football title was shared in 1997. Yeah. Who else on that list? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, Who anybody from the ACC? Let's see. So North Carolina, Carolina not consistent a. enough in in football. Um, Florida State. What not about consistent like enough. A, a Syracuse? No. Duke? No. No. Duke's one sided. I mean Miami? No. Miami's done some things in basketball, Virginia but they haven't Tech? really done much in football recently. Notre no. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. I think you could maybe make an argument for. I mean Notre Dame. Obviously. Historically, has had some like in the seventies had some great players that went on to the NBA, um, and they're usually pretty competitive and they they're good in football. So yeah, they're they're probably up there. Um, Oklahoma, not really. You know, schools like Villanova don't have a big football program. Texas, not so much lately with football, but you could argue maybe Texas is one of those all timer. Um, you know, although more of their basketball success seems to be recent, um, UCLA, yeah, I mean, their football they team could be up old. there. Football team hasn't been as great over the Oregon, last couple maybe. decades. Their football and basketball lately has been recently, good. yeah, but all time, no. You, I'd say out of the Pac 12, UCLA more so for sure because Arizona, good basketball, crap football, Arizona State, not good enough consistently, Colorado, not good enough consistently. I think the, your best argument out of the Pac-12 is probably UCLA. That might be the easiest thing to do is go league by league then come yeah. up with the four. What about the Big 12? West Virginia? They're West Virginia. I mean, maybe Oklahoma. Oklahoma maybe. Maybe Texas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a good it's one, Kyle. That's it's tough. It's like stumper. All-timer. Like I, boy, you'd have to come up with some criteria – of, you know, because I'm kind of waddle, you know walking that fence of all-time, like, overall historical greatness, won titles in both sports versus recent. I mean, and it definitely could change based on current versus recent. I mean, I, so I think for me, if I had to go all-time, boy, it's still tough. I mean, I think... You think man. Wisconsin's in there? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin could be in there. Let, look at what's the common theme here. We're talking Big Ten, Big Ten schools: Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, no, Purdue, no, Illinois, no. I mean, they haven't been great in football in a long time. Iowa, but they falter in the tournament, basketball wise. Um, Penn State, no. Rutgers, no. Maryland, all Midwest. No. Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean. You just like in the ACC is a basketball conference. Clemson's great at football or has been, you know, most recently, but they're average at basketball. North Carolina is traditionally great at basketball. So is Duke, but in North Carolina is probably better than Duke, but still average at football minus an occasional rise up like Florida State. Pretty good at basketball. They've been pretty crappy at football for a while. So Miami, you know, once in a while they have a good basketball team and their football team really hasn't been consistently good in a while. So ACC, it's hard to argue anybody in there deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. Um, You know, Syracuse football was good like in the 60s when they had Jim Brown and 
Ernie Davis and stuff, but they haven't been anything since. No. Basketball, they haven't really done a whole lot recently. So that's your ACC. Um, you know, SEC is football, right? Like, except for Kentucky. Um, but Kentucky's not consistently good enough in football, and not even close. And nobody's really consistently as good as they are in basketball. Like, Alabama's been right. okay. Auburn's been okay recently. But Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Georgia, Florida. I mean, maybe Florida. You could maybe argue Florida for this um, out of the SEC as a potential Mount Rushmore because historically they've been really good at football and, you know, in the mid or late first decade of the 2000s, they won back-to-back championships and they're usually a pretty good solid basketball program. We went to the Final Four in 2000 against Michigan State or the championship, I should say. So I could buy Florida. Again, out of the Pac-12, UCLA. Out of the Big 12, maybe Oklahoma. Yeah. Maybe. I mean... that's The Big 12's tough. They're just... Very tough. Because, like, Iowa State, no, they're not. I mean, Iowa State's kind of like you have the teams that are good at basketball. Kansas, arguably, like, maybe Kansas State. And such, and then you got the teams that are good at football, Texas, Oklahoma. You don't really have teams that are good at both. But if you looked at standings, which we don't have in front of us, I mean, look at the Big Ten. Wisconsin wins the West almost every year, and they're top four. Michigan State is minus an aberration year here or there, and basketball is always in contention for the Big Ten title for the last, really, 20 years in some way, shape, or form. And in football, more often than not, in the last Missed 20 two years. two bowls since 2007. Right. So, like, I I think, and then you look historically, Michigan State was a was a juggernaut in the 50s and the 60s in football when they first joined the Big Ten. They went to a Final Four in 1957. They won the national championship in 1979. So, I think Michigan State deserves to be there. Um, you could argue for Michigan. Now, football-wise, they've had one good year in the last 15 years, but... Um, you know, their basketball team was really good under Beeline, for sure. Lots of Final Fours and so on and so forth. So, they've been good. Ohio State, you know, I mean, it's tough. Like, if I had to, so if we said UCLA and we said Florida, and I don't even know if you'd really take anybody from the Big 12. So, maybe throw Notre Dame in there, I guess. Or two Big 10 teams. Which two Big 10 teams are they? Probably, I'm, we'll stay away from Michigan State. We t- Ohio State, Wisconsin, we'll say that. So no, I'll, I'll stick with Michigan State because I think, like, Michigan State's done more, like, Final Four-wise and stuff, basketball. So, like, ultimate success, what you're looking at. And big bowl wins, you know, winning the Cotton Bowl, winning the Rose Bowl, getting the CFP. Um, I think Michigan, I'm not going to hide from it. I think Michigan State would deserve to be in there. So, I'll go Florida, UCLA, Michigan State, and... Boy, I, I just I would say Michigan, but they have had too much of that. Not enough crossover at the same time. They've been good at one and not good at the other too much. Um, so way better at basketball than football lately. Way better at football than basketball before that. Not consistently good at the same. I think probably it's a toss up for me between Ohio State probably and Wisconsin. Ohio State definitely gets a little bit more on the football side. Then the basketball side, Wisconsin would get it a little bit more on the... We'll go with Wisconsin. I'm going to say Wisconsin, Michigan State, UCLA, and Florida. All right, That's like my it. list. I like it. All right. So there you go, Kyle. Great topic. 
good one to debate because that's a tough one. Um, so if you got any other ones for us to debate week over week, we always love a good Mount Rushmore, so keep them coming. All right, moving on to spot number four. We have not played golf since just after our last podcast. We did my annual hole-in-one renewal round at the falls at Barber Creek in an absolute windstorm. Wind Holy cow, like 40-mile-an-hour gusts. Meanwhile, a tornado was hitting Gaylord, of all places, up in northern Michigan. That never happens. Virtually at the same time that we were getting the crazy winds. Um, no golf course review. We've reviewed that course in the past. Um Fun little course if you're in in northern Kent County. Not overly long. Um, you know, not necessarily super tricked up or difficult. Uh, and honestly, the hole that I had the hole in one on is probably one of the harder holes on the golf course. Yeah. Um, just because it's long and it's just the way that the that hole is shaped and the green runs. But uh, that was a fun day at the golf course. We're going to get back to it this weekend at Makatawa. Since we are repeating most of the courses that we reviewed last year, we're going to stick to only doing any reviews of courses that we New haven't courses, played. Yeah. Um, so like in a couple of weeks when we go up to Forest Dunes, mm-hmm. we'll definitely come back with a report there. But um, So that out of the way, I think let's, let's talk. First, let's start with the question of the week, Ryan, because I always like to throw a golf question out there. Um, by the way, there's a good TikTok. It's like golf debates or something like that where a lot of these come from. This is not from that, but... Um, He's got some interesting stuff that, that he poses out there that we like to sometimes borrow. So a little shout out to them. Um, so question of the week. We know that the Saudi-backed Live or LIV tour is paying big bucks, guaranteed big bucks. What is DJ getting? Like yeah, 125 mil. 125 mil. But the Saudis have an egregious track record when it comes to human rights. Would you take, let's just say, Ryan, $5 million guaranteed annually as a borderline PGA Corn Fairy player, so you're like on the grind, you're on the cusp in the top 150, but like barely on the PGA Tour. Would you take five million dollars a year guaranteed from this kind of little shady? Not that the league itself is shady, but the people backing it are shady. Well, or would you grind to the PGA Tour for potentially less and no guarantees, all in the name of human rights? Probably the the PGA Tour. And here's my other question about this live, whatever the hell they call it. Live, live, yeah. Where the hell, how are they going to pay all these guys all this money? Where is it coming from? They're not going to make it. It's coming from our $6 a gallon gas. Yeah, no Because we're having to buy it at the bend over the barrel price. They're saying they're supposed to give these guys like 250 k per start at least. And there's going to be like 50 guys on it. How can they afford that? It's the Saudis. They've got the money. I mean, that's a good question. Like. Like, what's going to do? Is that going to dry up immediately? Like, who, who's like gonna, NIL, right? You can't. I mean, if you're going to watch it, I don't know if there's anywhere you can stream it. It's probably gonna, that's probably where it comes from. It's probably a hundred dollars to right. watch it. But and I'm sorry, I'm not going to because no, I what, don't care about only that. eight of the top fifty players in the well, world are DJ's playing their in first. It, he's too stupid to even probably. He's probably oh yeah, whatever. Gotta fund his coke habit. Kevin Nye, he's a kind of an idiot, anyways. And then you know Ian Poulter and Sergio. No one gives a shit about you, anyways. So. Oh, Sergio's in it. Where, who are some of the other names? I haven't Lee even Westwood. So what? Um, yeah, like um, so a lot of Euro guys yeah. already. It's it's so my thing is, first of all, I would grind the PGA Tour just because I you know me and the podiums and everything else. I you know I'm about like maybe Phil the way you you like the fact that they just will cut like old biblical eye for an eye. You know like what they did to the reporter in the U.S. I mean 
what they do to women, like, uh-uh, yeah, that no, doesn't no. fly with me. You know, like I have my stances in my, in my lines in the cement for some behaviors, you know, that are very clear if you've listened to me in the past, but you know, some of the, the really like just ob- obvious oblivious people that obvious stuff that people are oblivious to makes me pause big time. Now I wonder, you know, the PGA and the commissioner has basically said, I'm going to blacklist you guys and you're going to be banned from the PGA. Is he really going to ban DJ? Yeah. I mean, he's made it. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, Chris, maybe, you know, so you can weigh in on text after this, but so let's just say DJ says, fine, screw it. I'm going to take that 130 million or whatever it was. And I'm going to 125 million. I'm going to go play on the, LIV tour um, and I'm going to go make big bucks guaranteed and I'm going to probably be a star there so I have five questions one what does that do for him with the Ryder Cup they and even if it. and even if he could play in it what would his they potential would teammates say and then my other four questions we'll, we'll, we'll say six questions my other five questions tour championship no because nope. it's a PGA thing masters they won't let him in there PGA? They would, they no basically, way. They blacklist, well, didn't blacklist Phil, but we think that might be a thing. PGA? No, obviously. US, US Open, Open is a the USGA thing. The only thing he thing. could play in, I think, is the Open. That's the only Yeah, thing. I don't think the US, I think the USGA would stand the side RNA by side. The RNA might let it happen. Um, maybe, because there's already like a Euro Tour or whatever, but... I mean, but the Euro it, Tour is in cahoots with the PGA Tour. Right, yeah, they're very close, closely knit, and that's where guys kind of... Like a Brooks Kepka, he really made his hay on that tour and then came over to the PGA. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see Weird. how this plays out because I can tell you those tournaments, too. Now, now they're not all in the Middle East, so it's not this like the first one hours in the first And this is who else is in it that's you know notable. Taylor Gooch, who's been good. I think he's top 15 in the FedEx Cup right now. Mm-hmm. Like, has had a really good season. Brennan Grace, um, South African guy, he's been okay. Um, Martin Keimer is three majors. Another foreigner. Uh, Graham McDowell, known Another cares. foreigner. He won the U.S. Open, but so. Uh, let's see who else. So Charles, most Charles Schwartzel, former Masters champion. But most of these guys are South African or well, Euros. This is an interesting one. Um, Louis Oosthuizen. It's because he can't win on the normal tour. So yeah, he's never won except for well the British Open or the Open, but that doesn't really count. So yeah, by the way, he's another South African, right? That's really the only big names. on So the only U.S. player on that list, really, of I mean, well, Gooch, Gooch but is and then, DJ, then, right? Yeah, there's some other smaller names. I guess Nas considered North America, but yeah, whatever. He's Asian American, but he's from the U.S. I guess. So, and yeah, super interesting. Like it's almost kind of like, but the guys like Rory are very outspoken. That say no way, man. Rory you know. Spieth. Um, Phil has been quiet. What did you, what was that thing that you read from super 70 sports about the something about the Phil yeah. open or whatever? Look for that while I, while I talk a little bit about, so it, it'll just be interesting to me. Cause like, I'm not gonna, first of all, I mean, I watch golf every weekend, at least in some capacity, but I'm not going to go out of my way to sit down and pay to watch this tour. Why would I, yeah, um, you know, if I'm going to watch golf, the, the golf that I watch, like religiously all weekend are the five you know the the tour championship the four majors you know if the Ryder cup's on the Ryder cup you know president's cup and i'll watch like this weekend's the memorial it's a great tournament jack's tournament 
Um, obviously, we didn't do this podcast early enough to pick some guys this week, although I'll say Cam Smith just because he's tied for first right now. Um, Cameron Young. Cameron Young. Oh, Cam. I like him. Oh, Cam Young. He's up there, so there you go. So we'll, we'll pit the cams against each other. But, like, who's going to watch it? That That's what I wonder. And so then Ryan begs the question, how does the money not dry up? Now, I was kind of half kidding, but half serious. We're bent over an oil barrel right now. Uh, because of the political climate here and the drive for us to all have electric cars, even though that who's going to pay for all that? We are. Um, so that's where they're getting some of their money, to be honest. I mean, these are all oil barons. It's where they make their money. Um, it'll be super interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, to have a guy like Greg Norman be the main face of it, you know, he's a pretty well-liked and respected guy on the PGA Tour, or at least he was. It'll be really interesting to see the next card that Phil plays. He's not said a word, which some may argue is good PR 101. I argue at this point in time, it's probably time, Phil. You you really probably should have come out, taken your lumps, taken your medicine, even if your game was not up to par and played in the PGA where you, know, you kind of got your victory lap around. You're not going to win anything big again on the PGA Tour regardless of this whole LIV thing. Um, you know... Put your tail between your legs, take your hat off, tuck your, you know, put your chin down and say you're sorry and deal with it and move on. Let's face it, we move on really fast from these things anymore. So the longer you stay in hiding and stay quiet and make us wonder, the more damage you're probably doing to yourself. So I don't know. I'm a communications, marketing, PR type of guy. Like I don't understand these people or these places that stay quiet in times when it would be better to just come out and flat out say, look, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Like Tiger did way back when all the stuff went down with Elon Nordgren. He finally, you know, quickly came out and said, this is what I did wrong. It was a, oh my gosh, it was a shit storm for a while. And then it went away. And now everybody, Tiger's their hero again, right? Nobody, mm-hmm. we remember it, but nobody brings that up. Um, so, Phil, you're screwing the pooch by sitting there quietly. And maybe your game sucks right now, and that's fine. Maybe you're just not going to play anymore. That's fine. Come and face the media. Like, take the words out of other people's mouths and the thoughts out of their heads and tell us the truth from your perspective. Um, what you said didn't wasn't that damning and damaging that you couldn't make it right, in my opinion. Um I'd be interested to see what DJ said. Did you find that? I, they deleted it. Oh, shoot. It was funny. It was a it was funny. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but Super 70 Sports, Ryan always sends me really funny stuff. So make sure you f- you follow them uh, for some funny stuff. All right. So, Ryan, um, let's go back to our contest. Post-PGA, we had our foursomes. Yeah. I know. Uh, you I did really well. Yeah. yeah. I got 50 between Spieth, Rory, J- JT, who was the winner, obviously, and then Shoffley. I was 56 combined, and you guys are 194. I do guys miss the cut. That, was fun. that PGA was fun. JT come from behind. Big time, man. PGA was fun, and that kind of coincides now with the front end of our Hilton Head vacation. Um, so we got to watch some of that on the weekend. Came from seven down on the final day. You know, I, I felt for, um, oh, what's his name that blew the lead? Mito. Yeah, Mito. Like, you could just see his buddy fellow Chilean, you know, I just like, you know, Neiman, he's just like totally nervous for him. And he just, you just felt for the guy for the way that it went. And that swing on the last hole is just like, oh my, we've all, we've all been there. Like, where the hell did that come from? Um, but I thought it was entertaining. I mean, I like JT anyway. So the way that he ground, you know, I love Bones. 
the pep talk that Bones gave him. I love the fact that they played in like 90 degree crazy heat the first two days and it was one way and then the next, the rest of the weekend, I mean, it meant an early exit for Tiger, but um, that it was cold and it was windy and it was challenging. So I think I said nine under would win him. What was, and you said 12 and it was like seven, wasn't it? Yeah. Seven or six. Uh, Love the three hole aggregate playoff. Um, You know, I think who was in the playoff with, Zell Torres. Zell Torres, yep. Zell Torres, you know, he played really well. He'll be around. Um, his putting, a while, yeah, his putting was good, um, which is usually his weakness. So, yeah, it was a fun tournament. And the nice thing is, is we got the Memorial, and then we've got, what, the Canadian RBC next week, yeah, and we then got the, we got US, the Open. US Open. Then we got the Travelers, and I think it's the John Scottish Deere, Open. John Deere, then Scottish Open, then the, and then the, the British. Open, so, so, yeah. And then, and then we'll wind up the FedEx Cup in August. So that, and that means when we start to get into this crunch season, and then for President's golf, Cup too. That means uh, college football is right around the corner too. So, um, all right. So obviously, we don't have anything to go with this week in terms of um, twosomes because we're a little late to the I'm parade. Although Cameron Young, he says Cameron Young. I say Cameron Smith. We'll see. I think if I saw it today, Luke List was up there. Zell Torres is up there. Zell Torres well. was up there. Um, I know that Max Homa and uh, Cantlay were kind of popular picks on the Athletic. Um, from what I glanced at real quick, I haven't bet on golf in a hot second yeah. either. So I mean, yeah, looking at the Cage Lee's up there. He just recently won down in Texas. I think he's got well Riley. He's been playing great the last Mackenzie few Hughes, weeks. Yeah, tied for the lead. Cam Young, Luke List, Cam Smith, Cage Lee, Mackenzie Hughes, Davis, Riley. Then. Uh, tied for seventh, which is one shot to lead. Zal Torres, Denny McCarthy, and then Figala, who's been up there well, a lot this year. Well, Wyndham yeah. Clark as well. Um, answers toward the, that three under, five under is a lead right now. Homa, um, Domin, Bradley, Lowry, Connor, Spieth is at two under. Well, let's talk about let's talk about that. Like I know you probably didn't see as much of it because you were at a a wedding uh, on Sunday. Congrats, Connor and Jenny. Um, on your marriage and good luck. Um, let's just say TikTok worked to get a date, but didn't keep a date. <laughs> but that's all right. We win some, we lose some. So Ryan did not necessarily see this on Sunday. I did. Uh, what, what's the name of that course again? Oh, Colonial was diabolical on Sunday. So Scheffler, who was looking like he was in the driver's seat, going for his fifth win in nine starts. I would have tied a record for most wins in the first year that he got a win with five out of nine starts, even after missing the cut at the PGA. He didn't play bad, but he couldn't quite make a clutch putt coming in. Um, And actually, well, a clutch birdie putt, I should say. He made a putt to get him in. That was not a great easy putt. Uh, He had to get up and down out of the sand on number 18 to get into a playoff against Burns, who posted a 65 like two hours before, came out, striped a three-wood, actually juiced his next shot over the green because he was too pumped and then buried like a 40-footer from off the backside of the green to win. Like, he and Scheffler are clearly friends, and Scheffler's like, well, I couldn't do anything. He made a great run at his 35-footer to try to keep the keep it going in the playoff. But, you know, Burns is a guy that, I don't know if he's playing this week or not, but Burns is a guy that's had a really good season as well. He's, like, continually just yeah, gotten better and good. better um, since this season, you know, starts in the fall the previous year so dating back to i think it was the sanderson or something yeah, like that he won that um he's been playing really really well that course it was it was hard though because harold varner who ryan and i both really like and he's due to get a win he was in the lead on the 11th hole him. at 10 under 
and he shot a 45 on the back. A 45, including a three putt from like four feet. Um, that gave him a triple bogey. He followed that with a dunk in the water, double bogey. It's like, oh, I felt so bad for him. But it was interesting because I was looking, going to the back nine of putting like a dollar on somebody. And I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't have even come close because guys were just dropping like rocks. Like Davis Riley, is his, his name Davis Riley? Riley Davis? Yeah, Davis, Davis Riley. Riley. Um, two first names. Um, he was playing great, and then all of a sudden he fell off, and he played good at the PGA. So it's been fun. Like the last three or four tournaments have been won in single digits, which to me is more exciting than the guys that shoot, you know, the tournaments where it's 30 under. Uh, birdies are fun, but I'd rather see it be a challenge for these guys because it's a challenge for us. So, anyway, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Next week we'll we'll pick get back to picking twosomes, and pretty soon here we'll get a foursome for the U.S. Open. But uh, if you have any pressing golf debate questions for us too, Chris, especially you, maybe uh, Kyle, shoot them our way. Kyle, shoot them to Ryan. Chris, shoot me anything. We'll keep looking at golf debates on TikTok as well, and we'll we'll keep talking things through, and we'll keep an eye on the LIV tour as well. All right, that ends our four downs. A little lengthy discussion there on golf. So let's end as we always do with the sprint. All right, Ryan, spot number one, Warriors or Celtics, and then how many games? Warriors in six. And this is Warriors have the home court, right? So is this a 2-2-1-1-1 type of series? I believe so. not really sure how it works anymore. I'm going to go... It kind of sometimes has been two three two, but I think now it's two two one one one. I'm gonna say, boy, I'm gonna go Warriors in seven. I think the Celtics are gonna push them to the limit. Um, they went seven with the Heat. I think they're gonna take this one seven as well. Um, number two, who looked like the bigger fool? We kind of talked about this a little bit, but Saban or Jimbo? Jimbo. I agree. I think so too. He looked like I the hate Jimbo. He looked like kind of the whiny. You know, I'm never as good as my mentor type. And you know what, Jimbo? Suck it because Saban has all those natties and he can say what he wants. I'm sorry. You can at me if you want, but that's true. Um, Number three, we kind of talked this a little bit about it. Not maybe in this context. Will DJ ever be DJ again? No. He's tarnished his reputation. Yep, I think so. I think... You know, he hasn't been playing that great really since the 2020 Masters anyway. He's not been good. Uh, He did okay in the in the Ryder Cup last year, but he hasn't really done as well as he should have. I think he barely made or maybe even missed the cut at the PGA. Yeah, he didn't make the cut. Um, yeah, so I agree with that. I don't think DJ is ever going to be DJ again. And spot number four, of course, because we saw this, and if you haven't seen it, believe the hype. It is an incredible movie. Rank Top Gun Maverick in your all-time movie rankings. I'd put it, all top, time. I'd put it top three. Yeah, I would... I was thinking top five. I mean, I've been around longer than Ryan, so I've seen more movies. I, I agree. I mean, it was unbelievable. Not really, just the really not just the you know cinematography with the actual fighter jet scenes and stuff, but like actually the story and the acting and like the whole thing was good. And I'm, let's just say this: I'm glad that they didn't bring a, back a reprise of Kelly McGillis. Oh my, uh, <laughs> she did, she did not age very well. Um, the problem is, is what was her character named Penny? Um, Oh, shoot, what's her the actress's Jennifer name? Conley. Jennifer Conley. Uh, she would have only been 14 in 1986, so she couldn't have been in the first first one um, and been Tom Cruise's love interest because that would have been a little bit illegal back at the time. So anyway, if you have not seen it, by all means, do yourself a favor. Go see it. People I've talked to that have seen it in IMAX said it's even more incredible 
than it is in just a regular screen. Don't wait for it to come to your TV. It'll still be really good on TV. I'll watch it a million times when it's on, you know, small screen, but go see it in the theater. It's worth it. It got a standing ovation at the viewing that I went to. All right, Ryan, give us any final wrap-ups. Uh, yep, uh, keep sending us what you want to hear. Um, if you have any ideas for you know any brackets or just overall topics, um, Mount Rushmore's. But yeah, hit the like button if you're on Apple, Spotify, whatever. Um, leave a comment if you'd like. But uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we thank you. Good to be back. Yep, good to be back. A little Nothing like a little bit of uh, hot topics to kind of get the fire going and get us talking again. So summer does kind of get a little bit lull-like. So if you got a great bracket thing that you want to hear about, we've got a list. But if you got something great, give it to me. I seed those out every week. If you got a good sprint question you want to ask us, send them our way. You got a golf debates question you got for us. You got a Mount Rushmore topic. You know, we're here for you guys and to listen to ourselves talk. So um, shoot it our way. A uh, little last shout out to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Um, fantastic people, fantastic company. If you're in West Michigan and have realty needs, Jim, Donna, Tim, Sean, the crew. They're the ones to call. Go to teamanders.com. Meanwhile, remember, as Rooster reminded Maverick, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. <laughs>